Nah, you think the podcast is your ally. You merely adopted the cast. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the microphone until I was already a man, and by then it was nothing to me but... The Sunday Movie Marathon! Episode 3. Hey! We got there in the end after a couple weeks away. Do you know what? We've officially beaten Under the Blanket. Yeah. (laughs) That's our record. Two episodes, but now we're on three. (laughs) I think that's just our goal for everything to be better than that. It's not only just be better, it's just beat beat two episodes at least. Beat movie. Yeah. So when we were like, yeah, we'll do episode three, and then two weeks later we're like... We haven't even watched these movies yet. It was like, yeah, maybe we're just destined to fail at the second try for everything. But here we are, we defying got a lot of, uh, all odds. Conflicting schedules, though. It's very difficult to arrange <laughs> yeah. these things. Yeah, now that I've started work, which is just really weird shift patterns. Yeah. Chris doesn't know when he's ever in. Yeah. And Max is a free soul, a roaming employer, some may say. Yeah. But anyway, episode three. Episode three. We watched... Three movies. We did. We watched the From Dusk Till Dawn trilogy. And so, we're going to talk about them. Yeah, I'd never seen any Dusk Till Dawn movies. No, me neither. Um, I've seen the first one a few times. I loved it when I was about 14, 15, which I think is like the perfect age for let's say four. (laughs) Just passively aggressive, (laughs) insulting the movie. No, I loved it at that age. I remember I bought the DVD when I was like 16 and for some reason it like stopped working like in the third half of the film oh. so I never got to rewatch third it half wait third, where it got where third. it got good yeah like it was like wait so you had not seen the ending of no Dustin? I had I'd okay, seen okay. it a couple of times already but like when I got the DVD like it stopped playing when everyone starts getting bitten like towards the end yeah well, spoiler spoiler it's a film about vampires. What do you expect? Yeah. And you kept saying that to me. And I was like, yeah, it's a film about vampires. And then two minutes later, I forgot. <laughs> you read the, the vampires. You read up. I was like, what? <laughs> you read the, read the blurb. I was like, I thought he was joking. <laughs> the um, taxi driver. When I, when I said to him, I was like, he's like, oh, so I've got a taxi in from work. And the taxi driver was like, uh, so what, what are your plans for like the next few days? I was like, oh, me and my friends are going to watch the Dust Till Dawn trilogy. And he was like, he started talking to me about the first one. He said this, the other two were shit. And he was like, yeah, the first one, he's like, um, there, there will become a certain part where you'll just think, what's going on? And I think I know which part he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. This so. is my first time watching it since I was about 16 and I couldn't finish it. So. What do you mean you couldn't finish it? Too scared. Because it stopped working. Oh, I thought, I thought you were too scared. <laughs> no. Because the DVD stopped working. I never got to finish it that time. So I've not seen it since. Well, yeah, we right. have now. Yeah. And the other two. And the other two, yeah. The, yeah. the sequels. The do, you remember what, do you remember what the names of the sequels were? No. The Blood Temple was one of them? So there's From Dust or Dawn the from te- 1996. Texas Something was one of them. Texas Blood Money. That's the one, De- yeah. From Dust or Dawn 2, Texas Blood Money. And From Dusk Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the one. Um, okay. Oh, I, I've got to make an apology as well. Yes. I said to Max, I'd apologise for outing him this episode. So last week he bought, well not last week, last episode he bought loads of notes with him. And I said, are you reading from a script? And then said, yeah, he is. When he wasn't reading from a script. I was not. (laughs) He had the bullet points. (laughs) All off the cuff for me, boys. Do you know what? I I, want to get like um, 
I'm going to get like a, a tablet at some point, like an iPad or something. And I'm just going to make like notes what you do. Yeah. Because at the moment, movies for me, I, f- I think I'm very basic when it comes to watching movies. I think it was very shocking that I really enjoyed the first one, Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. We'll get into the reviews of them in a sec. But um, I do want to start being a bit more meticulous like Max is when it comes to like note taking. Because Chris is just has it all in his head anyway and i'm just there like that sometimes i took notes for the first two episodes i just forgot this time yeah no no i just mean like obviously you take notes but you just don't shot with them because they're just in there anyway whereas max comes with a script which is not a script (laughs) no it's just this is this is all scripted actually (laughs) (laughs) i just have like bullet points you guys know i have like a little booklet at home i write down Anything mm. that basically piques my interest, I guess, stuff that I like and stuff yeah. that I don't like. There was there was times throughout the movie where stupid shit would happen, like nothing would happen, and I'll just see Max start reading a note, and I'm like, "How the? F- what are you? What are you noting? What has happened? <laughs> He's put on a jacket, and you're like writing a note about it. Don't like that jacket. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> so I'm interested to see what you've got to say. Yeah. So let's start with the first movie. Yeah, 1996, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Um, starring was it George Clooney and yeah. Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> oh, what a what a dynamic duo yeah. they were! <laughs> <laughs> the two leading men. I I quite like George Clooney in the role. He's very charismatic. I I really liked George Clooney in this movie. Yeah. I yeah. thought he played it really well. I'm not a fan of George Clooney, but this is one of the few films that I enjoy him in. Yeah, for uh, about half the film, when we were watching it, <laughs> I was <laughs> I was like, this is so different from um, the character that he plays in Signs. <laughs> then I realised that it's Mel Gibson, <laughs> not George Clooney. <laughs> uh, of course, it starts in that, um, that like, off-licence shop where they're at like, a petrol station or something. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. so it's two two bank robbers are on the run, um, and the movie starts like in a, a fuel a gas station for the Americans, mm-hmm. um, and you, you you get the sense that um, what's his name? Who's the fucking guy with glasses again? Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, his character's a bit more deranged and um, creepy. He's like creepy. Massive creep. Yeah, but not only that, but he's a bit more like mentally unstable than George Clooney's character. Just shoots a cop straight in the head at the beginning of the film, um, and then subsequently rapes and murders a woman. Yeah, like, they're hostage. Twenty minutes later, I, I've always thought though, if I was only like uh, not abducted but held hostage, I think the way that George Clooney acts it would be like the chill way that I'd want to get like hosticized. Yeah, yeah. That's the word. that was one of my notes. I'd love to be kidnapped by George Clooney and taken on a Mexican road trip. <laughs> <laughs> Just seems like a nice guy. Yeah. So what did everyone... How, how, how are we going to start this review of it? Well, did we like it? I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the movie. It was so different to what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I think it's a fun movie. Don't think it's amazing, but I enjoy it. Do you think when it came out, it really shocked people, just the, the twist at the end, where just what happened at the end compared to the rest of the movie? Um, I don't think so, because it was advertised as a vampire movie. Would you reckon they were a bit confused then at the, the first two halves yeah, of the definitely. movie? The first half of the film is literally just like a Quentin Tarantino crime movie. Like two people on the run, yeah, driving yeah. places with hostages... Then the second half's completely different when the vampires show up. It's, yeah, it's, it's so weird. I wasn't big on this movie. Were you I not? Thought, no, not really. I thought it was quite 
boring and like by the books and just like you know you get like all the action set pieces and there's there's a lot of fun to be had i think in the action and like all the vampires and the practical effects but that's sort of where it stops for me i didn't really care about any of the characters quentin tarantino's character dies like halfway through the movie or like towards the end and i was just what was his name richie yeah yeah Yeah. sure well i think it is richie i don't know (laughs) of course i don't care about him because he's a massive creep he's a weirdo i will say that i did not have an emotional connection to any of the characters in that movie and i was very i don't know like i didn't understand the girl's choice at the end when she said to George Clooney's character can I come with you and it's like the only reason your whole entire family is dead is because you were held hostage by these two characters that now you're you've definitely had Stockholm Syndrome towards yeah mm-hmm. so yeah midway point through the movie George Clooney and uh, Quentin Tarantino's character take hostage a family yeah. in an RC so it's a, a dad his young Harvey daughter Cartel. He's yeah, Harvey Keitel from the last episode. Um, uh, so yes, the dad, his daughter, and their son—not their son, his son. Yeah, the kid from Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just doesn't age, and um, the dad's really religious. Well, used to be. Which does that even come back into the movie at any point? Well, I know at the end mm. he says like, "I yeah," because he starts. I know because he says the about classes, don't know because he says about blessing the the water and stuff and turn it into holy water. But yeah, he never does it. Yeah. Well, the kid just fills a squirt gun up with water. Yeah, I don't think they show it, but it's implied that they did do it. But it, yeah, that's another problem that I have with show, it. Show don't well. tell. Yeah, that's a, that's like, a yeah. We got that. Already. That's well, a rule for movie making, it. isn't it? And they go into yeah. like like this room that just happens to have everything they need to fight off vampires. It was a very cliche. Um, so when the vampires attack and everything sort of goes shit hits the fat and they're like locked into this storage room um, of the belongings that of everyone that's been killed at this titty bar which mm-hmm. is where they're at, at um, the titty twister the titty twister sorry yeah and it's got everything that they need in it to get them through this vampire apocalypse squirt guns yeah. um, a crossbow other weapons because what was the excuse they gave like oh yeah all the truckers come here and put their boxes filled with miscellaneous items here like what yeah why yeah it's it's it's, it was very i think they said that um the truckers park outside and once they've killed them they still they they take all their their stuff yeah um i was a bit bit confused about there's a fucking temple behind the bar and no one has ever realized it because there's a few vans parked in front but then when you made the comment the other day about uh, how movies are more made for their time period that they're in, and then this was made in the 80s, I kind of compared... 90s. 90s. Oh, never mind then. I won't finish what I'm about to say. <laughs> it won't make sense. <laughs> but it's very clear that it's like in that cheesiness realm that most 90s movies are. Yeah, Quentin Tarantino, this was kind of it was around about the point where he just started making like genre movies where he wanted to make movies like inspired by those genres and like copy all the tropes and stuff that's when he was like did Jackie Brown which a lot of that is like a parody of black exploitation movies and obviously Kill Bill samurai films and stuff like that so I feel like you've got to accept that some of it he is obviously paying tribute to a lot of the cliches and stuff 
that would be in those sort of films. Yeah. yeah. He wrote it, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What what did we all think of um Quentin Tarantino's acting in this film? It's terrible. Yeah, Can't he's know. not a good actor. Yeah. This he, is probably his best performance I've seen. Really? Which doesn't say mm-hmm. a lot at all. Oh, that's gonna be a joy to watch any other film that he's in. Well, I don't I like is it his best performance or is it just the movie that he I've seen him most in? He just acted um, a lot in it. I don't know. So he just had more material. It's better than he was in um, Django where he plays an Australian man. Does he speak of an Australian accent? Yeah, it's really bad. (laughs) Terrible. He's also in Pulp Fiction and I'm pretty sure he just put his character there so he could say the N-word loads. He says it more than any other character in the film. Yeah, I've never seen Pulp Fiction so I can't comment on that. But it does sound a bit like a crap Tarantino thing to do. Of course, if anyone knows anything about Tarantino, it's that he has a massive foot fetish, <laughs> and that's really placated too. I think is that's the word uh, in this movie. It's like they really use it. Yeah, like yeah. there's a woman. There's like they go to the titty twister, and the stripper comes out, and then she puts like her foot directly into his mouth, and then pours rum down her leg. He's such a drinker. Drinker drank that and spat it into a vial. Was like I'm keeping this. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he never brushed his teeth again so he could never get rid of taste of foot. That's why he shuts all the interviews down. <laughs> shutting you down. Shutting your butt down. Yeah, it's gross. I don't like it. And I don't like him, really. I, li- I like his movies a lot, but him as a person seems just kind of like a creep. Yeah, he's very, yeah. very fucking weird. He was good friends with the Weinsteins as well. Oh, was he? Yeah, because yeah, they... <laughs> Um, were the people who discovered him and put his films out Ooh, this podcast is somewhat turning political now <laughs> let's just steer this car back to the movie <laughs> uh, yeah, the bar. yeah and he just says pussy like 200 you times want pussy? we got the pussy we got the pussy right here you my man you want the pussy you want the pussy alright Stop saying it, yeah. man. and he goes we got dark pussy we got chicken pussy <laughs> <laughs> we got bird pussy <laughs> Um, I'm not entirely sure what just happened with the recording, um, but it froze. Oh. So, only for like 10 seconds. Right. But I don't know what I missed out on. Essentially, okay. we just said Tarantino. Yeah, we're just talking about pussy. Bit of a weird actor. Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that, if that picked up. My laptop's just terrible, so I need to get this PC and hurry up. But on those lines of, you know, the abundance of the word pussy... This is. I really didn't like the way this movie objectified women. I thought if you nah. don't, if you're not like really like attracted to women, then maybe this isn't. You're not gonna get like as much out of this movie as maybe somebody who is attracted to women would get out of it. Well, the first, like I'd say, half of the movie is pretty standard. Yeah. Um, but as soon as they get to this bar, like yeah, there's just an abundance of nude women. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole dance that the girl does which was a little bit i think over the top and overdone because they go for like a whole song the scene is like three minutes long um for like for the whole dance and i thought it was going to somewhat play like an integral role like she was because she had such an introduction um and then it turned out that she was killed 10 15 minutes later and had no real impact on um the the movie because was she the one that bit Richie? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So she killed his brother, and then he killed her again. He killed her back. Um, Pretty sure she was just there for the foot scene. Probably, yeah. 
yeah, Tarantino was like, I want her to stick her foot in my mouth. Yeah. As I said earlier, when I said I watched this film when I was 15, it was like the perfect age. This film is a very teenage boy movie. Yeah. It's the perfect yeah. film for like a teenage Just boy because it's got a lot of titties in it. Yeah, loads of swearing, nudity, gore. It's got everything you'd want at that age. That's yeah. sort of just all it relied on, though, for me. It was like, yeah, isn't this, like, out you, there and, like, very uh, mature for, like, a 15-year-old to be... Would you think they made, do you think they made this movie intended more towards the target of men, especially young men? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Is that, like, a standard trope for Tarantino when he's writing scripts, or is this just an um, anom- anomaly? I guess kind of. It does crop yeah. up, I, I, I will say that, yeah. Um, but obviously this is probably this wasn't directed by Tarantino but he did write it and this is probably the most overt use of um, sort of pandering to men that I've seen in any of his movies yeah yeah gotta love his feet fetish though <laughs> foot fetish I personally massively prefer the first half to the second half Oh yeah. I uh, yeah, I I liked the first half. There's more for me, there's more character development and I think the that ended cuz I strangely I liked the dynamic between the um Tarantino and Clooney's characters. I liked the dynamic yeah. between them and the um family. I can't remember any of their names. Um no. Harvey Keitel and his two children. And his two children. Yeah, I and I I, I really wish like when they said about like the dad being religious and um, then Tarantino, uh, not Tarantino, Clooney was asking him like uh, why he gave up his faith and stuff like that. And it was alluded to that his wife died. So he gave up believing in God. That just threw me about. It's just signs is the exact same trip that happens in that. I don't know which mm-hmm. came out first. Oh, this did, didn't yes, it? Did, yeah. Signs came out later. Yeah. It's That's just kind of a movie trope. Yeah, though, to be but fair. because I had watched Signs before ever seeing this, I was expecting it to be explored upon and something to come from it, not just to use it as a gimmick to create weapons to fight these vampires in the future to s- try and save your family, which didn't happen. I mean, only his daughter survived, and mm. even then, she was just given a bunch of money in the middle of nowhere and told to to live. Go on your own, kid. Let's yeah. hope she could actually drive, otherwise well, she's she fucked. Yeah, well, she drove the RV, didn't she? Pretty convenient that she could, she knew how to well, drive. that's exactly what I said at the end of it, isn't it? And you went, well, if she didn't, she'd be fucked. Well, the character development true. in this is very sparse. I think it's, they just, they use it as little as possible just so they can drive the story forward. They even give like, like all these side characters, they just stop the movie after they've finished killing all the vampires and then they're like, Oh, you know what? When I was a boy, I was in Nam and I did this, and I was a war hero. And I'm like, why are we listening to this guy, this random guy? They've just yeah, met at the bar, the, talk about the like black, Vietnam. Yeah, the black guy in the bar just started having a, <laughs> having a monologue for no reason. And when I was listening to this, and he was like, um, "All my platoon died, and I killed a whole um, squad on my own." and escaped I was like you're definitely gonna die in a couple of minutes now and like he was talking and then he'd cut away to Tom Savini's character because he'd been he was slowly turning into a vampire they cut away and you'd think oh he's about to attack him yeah it goes back to him still talking it was so so weird but like that reminded me of the um was saying that reminds me of the um the weird effect or editing choice they chose when 
Clooney's character comes back to the hotel before they kidnap the family um and what um Weinstein's character um Tarantino's character had killed raped and killed that woman and so he's looking in the room like Clooney's character is talking about what he's seeing or like how fucking stupid Richie is and it just gives you like fragmented flashes of the body but it's yeah. so weird and it's like a millisecond flash. Yeah, and you were like, it's used to do, try to... Yeah, disorient you. It's, it was, it, it's kind of shocking, like, just seeing those images so, like, in such small amounts. I'd pref- I prefer that to if they literally just showed it, like, yeah, lingered true, on it. Yeah, like, I, I get that. But, um... I think it really, like, shows the weight of what he actually did, that even, like, George Clooney seems pretty, like, shook up about the fact yeah. that he's done this. See, I liked the beginning of the movie when uh like tarantino's character richie like kills the cop because he thinks the guy's mouthing help me to the cop needlessly did not like he didn't need to kill him it's just needless death and then he's looking after this woman tells her to get in the bed with him watch tv comes back and she's been raped and murdered and then when they take the family hostage and he looks at the daughter (laughs) And just imagines her saying something in a yeah. sexual nature. I was expecting that to be explored upon because before that, you kind of got an idea of how unstable this guy really is and how ruthless he can be. And then it's just like you kind of feel like after that moment, like there's like the daughter's going to die somehow through the hands of Tarantino's character, but nothing ever comes from that either. They almost try and make you like the character after that and feel bad for him when he dies. Yeah. Which, like, doesn't make sense at all because you've, like, spent the first half of the film saying that this guy is, like, a horrible monster and, yeah, a terrible, terrible person, whereas George Clooney's more of a man of reason. And although he's still quite a bad person, at least he has... A moral code. Yeah, and some sort of heart, even if it's just hidden. But yeah, Tarantino's character, the way they handle him is so weird. Yeah. Well, it's all fart and no poo in this movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's what? It's all fart and no poo. All this setup up do with characters and they're like, oh, that could come back around. Tarantino's kind of a creep, isn't he? Look at, look at the way he's looking at the little girl and like imagining that uh, she's telling him to like lick her pussy or something eat. and then eat her pussy. Rich, and then, like, would you eat my pussy? And then, like later on, and, like when they're in like caravan or something he's like yeah you um didn't you tell me to uh eat your, eat your pussy he doesn't like, say it does he it's no. like just still want to do what you said earlier she's like yeah. what did i say he went you told me you wanted me to eat your and he goes richie stop talking to him yeah and that's like and that ends and that's just that. that's just it yeah so, yeah as soon as he gets to the titty twist that's never explored and i thought it was gonna go somewhere yeah so it just seems to be there's loads the beginning part just seems like a completely different movie yes like there's so many loose ends and um, like avenues that they could have gone down that have just been left astray that you weren't explored upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I massively prefer the first half. Although the second half's like entertaining and like there's interesting, like good um, violence and the gore scenes and creature effects are good. I just don't yeah. like it as much. But I think that's just because they've connected two completely different movies if they were both like on their own i'd probably prefer it more yeah yeah i definitely would what other notes you got for the movie max dick gun (laughs) oh my fucking god 
there's like like a standoff between some guy and like what is it? Whips George his beard, Clooney, doesn't he? And then no, it's like, not George Clooney. Who is it? It's the George Clooney kicks the guy off the chair, and the guy mm. that gets kicked off the chair walks over to another table with his beer, and one of the main vampire killer guys gets a whip doesn't he whips his beard to him and the guy pulls out a knife and he just like whacks his foot or something and on his crotch a fucking magnum just pops yeah, out like, I wouldn't do that if I were you <laughs> and then he just like, hits it back and it goes back in it's so weird but this like film's... super goofy as well like a lot of this movie is very goofy and it's trying to be quite funny in that way and I did like that but sometimes it just took it a bit too far. We just didn't really make much sense to pair it with such a strong and serious beginning, yeah. like opening. Mm-hmm. I think the subscri- the the films that came after two and three, I, I just think they sort of like leaned on the fact that the like on the second half of the first movie, and they chose yeah. to go more of that. Because I don't think in the other two movies is it ever as serious as what it was in the first half of the first movie. Except for the third one, which tries to be a western for the first half before getting to the vampires. Yeah, but that's still... It's still, I'd say, fucking cheesy. Yeah. Some of the stuff that they do. One thing I will say about the first half of the film as well is the opening scene of the film is one of my favourite opening scenes in any film. I really love the opening bit. What happened in the opening again? Them in the gas station. Yeah. Yeah, very, very intense. It's like, because you hear on the radio, because the, the police officer is talking to the cashier, isn't he, about like these escaped convicts, and he's like, yeah, we're going we're gonna to be ready for them. And then when he goes to the bathroom, they just emerge, and it's like, oh shit, they've been there the whole time. Yeah. It was, yeah, that was a very good choice. Police officer played by Michael Parks, who I really love. He's also in the third film. Is that the guy who died? The sheriff? Yeah. I I, I was like listening to him and I thought he's speaking very, very softly. And you know what? If if we didn't have the subtitles on, I probably wouldn't be able to hear him. So he just just spoke really softly. I was like, what's this guy saying? But of course we did have the subtitles on and that probably helped. But... And then he, he speaks a bit like Mac does. Max does in a podcast, <laughs> just a little bit. He'll open up really strong and then just go quiet. Look at the wave formats, Max. How about that? Anyway, <laughs> I got so, a few quotes here. They're like listening to the radio in the beginning, and then like a song comes on, and then the song says like the lyrics are like, "She pissed on the carpet, she shot my horse." <laughs> I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Is that the first one? Did you say? Yeah, was it like when they're trying when they kidnap the, yeah. the people? They're like, we're going to Mexico, and the girl's like, what's in Mexico? Mexicans, and like Mexicans. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not it's, George Clooney. Yeah, it's is it? Tarantino. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to Mexico. in Mexico. Mexican Mexicans. Has anyone seen any other Robert Rodriguez movies? I don't even know who he is. So. What other movies has he done? He directed all four Spy Kids movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> directed well, Shot Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, yeah, of course I've seen that. Um, he also did Sin City, Machete, Planet Terror. Which mm-hmm. he, Sin which City, part? did that have Tobey Maguire in it? Yeah. I've, I've never seen Sin City. I've seen it's bits of it, but right. I couldn't imagine Tobey Maguire being in Sin City. Yeah, he's like a villain in it as well. He's really weird. He's is, is his character from Spider-Man 3. <laughs> if only. The emo. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of Robert Rodriguez, to be fair. Not really enjoyed he's, any of his movies. To be fair, yeah, the Dust Till Dawn trilogy, I'd say the first one's decent, the other two aren't really. Yeah. The Spy Kids movies are just terrible. A shark boy and lava girl was just terrible. He doesn't really seem to make good movies. 
Funny, it wouldn't though. surprise me if you said like he made one of the later iterations of a Friday 13th movie. <laughs> if I know. Funny though. I yeah, I, I just found it. I I liked it. I thought the movie was quite good. Yeah, it's fun. It's just my biggest problem is just that it's two completely different movies that get jammed together and don't really work together. What, what do you think of the um like development over the film then with um George Clooney's character and the girl? Because it seems to be like they actually grow to like each other by the end of it. A little bit, but they don't really explain it no, very well. No. It just kind of happens. I was half expecting him, like uh, when he like he was getting the money out and giving it to the other guy. I was like, he's definitely going to give some to this girl. I was like, and then this girl was definitely going to say to him, "Can I come with you?" Yeah. And they both happened. It was very easy to tell that, but I understand Stock- Stockholm syndrome, but I don't think it works that fast. No, like it comes into effect and. I don't know, maybe she's been through a traumatic experience that no one rarely ever goes through, so it would and cause... technically so did he. He lost his brother. Yeah, so maybe they do have that sort of connection. But then it, it just baffles me that it's like... He threatened to kill you all, like loads. <laughs> yeah. These aren't very sympathetic characters. These are barely characters. But maybe that's um, a credit to the storytelling then, or the writing of the script. Like, you do end up like thinking like oh, maybe i do like george clooney's character i don't i don't like any of their characters i like george clooney's character because he's like the, the do you remember I'm his like character's name just, um something uh, gecko yeah the, the gecko i mean brothers. it's gecko yeah. uh, what's his first name george <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i don't remember Can you name anyone's names? name any character's name apart from richie don't go don't go in your notes to see if you can you uh, the daughter's name was Kate. Okay, anyone Bruce. else? No. Right, I can't remember anyone's name other than Richie. I only remember that because you just said it. Yeah, that just shows how mm. little the film... Well, just how little you were, in, were interested in the characters. It's yeah. Spider-Man boy. Oh, yeah. Who we thought was... What was his name? Ned then? from Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, Ned, that's don't think it was. exactly the same. Yeah. I, don't I, know I like name. it when he's like... Um, <laughs> he's like... He's, the guy's got the gun in the the um kid's mouth like his son's mouth he goes bring the jap over here oh my god yeah there's like that part where like he's getting torn apart by vampires and then like her, his sister has to kill him so she shoots him and then he explodes <laughs> and then kills all the vampires that were trying to kill him and it's not like she has like a powerful gun or anything it's just it's like a, a revolver <laughs> and she just shoots him and he blows up i just remember when that happened and max was like why did he that, blow up that was the exact bit where my dvd stopped working when he blew up <laughs> It was too powerful. So I remember just how explosion would happen. It would just freeze <laughs> and then it skips to like the end credit. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> we got anything more to say about this movie? Um, it's all right. It's Max. not amazing. Max didn't enjoy it. Max. I didn't love it, no. How many bats out of five would you give this movie? This is going to be a five out of ten bats for me. He literally just asked out five. Yeah, oh, he well, always like, doesn't though, doesn't he? He goes five out of ten. He goes to ten rather than five. Well, then just say ten. If I'm going to do ten, no, because you know what? I'll do it my way. Okay, 
it's my way or the highway. Like well, we can Limp just Bizkit we can just convert time. it. So what did you give it? A five out of ten. Yes, yeah, so it's two and a half out of five. Two and a half bats out of five. I'd give it three and a half bats out of five. I'd give it four. I really liked it. Really nice. liked this movie. That's fantastic. Shame the can't. Shame it can't be said for the sequel, Texas Blood Money. Does anyone yeah. want it? <laughs> Who wants to introduce this masterpiece? I don't even know what happens in this film. <laughs> so there's, there's another bank yeah. bank heist. Yeah. I, I can't remember any character's name. So You also fell asleep for the first ten minutes. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> um, no, I missed the part where everyone was rounded up. So essentially Um <laughs> These guys plan to rob a bank. Um, so they all get to this hotel the night before. This guy gets there's there's this guy gets pissed off at all of his mates because they're watching porn and he's the only one that's top of I guess. Yeah. And um, we'll, we'll touch upon the homoerotic nature of this film mm-hmm. in two seconds. So then he leaves the hotel room and then it just cuts to him banging someone who then gets infected. It turns into a vampire. Yeah, because one of, one of the other guys already left and he went to a bar and on his way f- away from the bar back to That's the right. motel, was... he hits a bat and yeah, he goes back the in. The bar like... was um, the titty twister, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is that, yeah, so that's... has got Danny Trejo on bar that's again. That's the part that I missed is when he fucking hits this vampire, which then turns out to be a, a person. These bats are actually people. Um, and then, so that's two of these, like, five people are infected. Um... They continue the bank heist. These vampires just are robbing a bank. Um, and then there's only one one of them left that isn't a vampire. And then they have a shootout with the cops that are there to... Yeah, because there's a police detective that's um, going after them the whole film. Yeah. And then, um, so they have a shootout with the cops and these bank robbers. But the one that isn't infected joins the police. And then, I honestly, I don't know what happens in this movie. It was so fucking weird. There's a shootout at the end at this bank. Um, this movie a, sucks. And a lot of homoerotic, homoerotic references in this movie. A lot of people talk about um, bumming someone else up the bum, like another man. <laughs> There's five yeah. guys in a hotel room watching porn, and one of them's got his top off just staring yeah. at the TV. Um, and then leaves to bang a girl. It's almost like he has to prove to himself yeah. that he's straight. I'm not gay. I'm. There's nothing wrong with being gay. As Chris might oppose to. <laughs> this um, movie sucks. It's a bad movie. It's a I hated this yeah. movie was fucking dreadful. It was so bad. I can't. Do you, does anyone remember any of the characters' names? No. No. Um, there's a guy who. There's um, the T1000. Yeah, the T1000 from Terminator 2. Um, there's also the guy who goes off the bang someone. He's in Breaking Bad, plays a character called Tuco, who's one of the main characters. And there's Danny Trejo. Season. Who yeah. is in all three of the movies, by the way? Yes. Which we've neglected to mention him in the first one, but it's probably because he's a shit actor. So. Which, yeah, but he, he does a lot of um, uh, university like films, doesn't he? Like helps the kids out of their films. Yeah. He was also in Breaking Bad. He's pretty good in that, to be fair. Yeah, he's also in The Flash. He's not good in that. <laughs> fair enough. And he's also in all four Spy Kids movies. And he's yeah. also in. A Call of Duty zombie map. Hell yeah. This man gets around. But yeah, this this movie was f- 
fucking dreadful. There is no character development whatsoever. There's barely a plot to this film. None of the characters are likable, even the T-1000. You say none of the characters are likable. None of the characters are characters. They're just there. Yeah. They have no personality or anything. The acting's really bad as well. They just... Well, that... I'm going to say, is is he Mexican? The Rodriguez character? Rodriguez? Robert Rodriguez? No. Oh, shit. That's director, isn't it? No. Uh, The guy who goes off to bang the girl. Yeah. um, He plays a Mexican character in Breaking Bad, so I assume. Yeah, and he was one of the worst actors in that movie. Yeah. But one of the most memorable. Yeah. Only 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 because he wears his takes his top off. Yeah. That's all that's all I yeah. remember him for. That's his trait. He's and the jack guy. He goes guy. into a bathroom in a motel and bangs some girl. We well, doesn't do it in the bathroom. No, but the she turns into a vampire and because a bat flies through the window just it happens to fly through the window where they are and then bites her, her to death that in this weird hilarious. psycho reference but it was like unlike psycho where it was uh tasteful in terms of like the length and what it showed this was just too long yeah and yeah. with all the quick cuts it just i was like i don't know what's going on someone's they, just lying in a pool of her own blood and that's all I see they copied the shot from Psycho with the blood going down the drain yeah that being said there are some things that I like about this movie and that being like some I like some of the camera movements like there's like the camera moves with like actions that are happening so like they're doing like the guy is doing push ups at the beginning and the camera's going up and down and we see what he sees or like when they're like trying to break the safe at the end the camera turns with the lock oh really yeah like that, that. that was there's really also good, yeah. um, the when, bit where it's on a fan it's on the fan yeah which they pretty much ripped off in It Follows but did yeah. it a lot better yeah so I did like some some parts of that there's like a split yeah. diopter Max, shot in the bathroom Max liked the technical aspects of this movie he didn't like the movie <laughs> I like those Select Mate, few technical yeah. elements. It's not a bad for, thing. The acting it. was terrible. The storyline was terrible. The script was terrible. For a film that was, it was a direct to DVD movie. For a direct to DVD sequel, it's got surprisingly like creative and well done cinematography for a lot of it. Yeah. Although, to me, this movie is worse in every way than its predecessor. Yeah. Yeah. And its successor as well. Yeah. No, I thought the third one was worse than this one. Interesting. I uh, I think this is the worst of the trilogy. Yeah, in so my opinion. I I thought it was bad. It's not mm. a good movie, but I think it just got too, like worse and worse as the movies went on. Of course, they we, we touched upon the homoerotic energy, and yeah. of course, there's a lot of that, and you can have that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It was but just it's like, very it's out of so nowhere, much, yeah. and I was like, why is this? But why? Why is this here? And there's like, there's like loads of like just these guys watching porn in the motel room. Yeah. I don't know why they're watching porn together. And then the, the guy who's always got a top off and like the amount of like penetration in the movie. Yep. With like and the stakes and like just well the sex as well. I and guess. then um, so this is the only three of the uh, only film of the trilogy that the final act doesn't happen at the Titty Twister. Yeah, there's literally one scene in the whole with, film yeah, there. with the Titty Twister. It's kind of the thing that links everything together. It's where the vampires culminate at the um, Titty Twister bar. They lure people in, kill them. Um, yeah. 
So they're all they're all in the bank and they're trying to rob the it bank. Was, it was also a bit weird. So in the first movie, there's the overuse of the word pussy. In mm. this movie, two characters refer to each other by full names throughout <laughs> the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Every time they talk together. Hey, yeah. Bucky. Yeah, Red Joy or whatever his <laughs> fucking name was. Is Bucky and what? Bucky and... Ah, oh, crap. I don't remember. Let me... Cap. No. I, I'm going to IMDB this while you... Because it was just so, so weird. Um, of course, that, when they get to the motel, they like they, they, they get straight out of the car. And this one guy gets straight out of the car. He sees one girl. And she walks by and he's like, Hey, baby, El Fucko. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss like, that part when I was asleep? <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> what happens? <sighs> she he like gets out of the car when they're at the motel and the girl walks by. What, what character? I don't know. There aren't any characters in this. No, movie. was it the Mexican? I don't know who it was. Okay, carry on. But he just gets out and he goes, "Hey, baby, El Fucko." <laughs> uh, oh, okay. <laughs> These films like after um. He, he has sex Ray, with the... Ray Bob. Yeah, yeah Ray Bob. <laughs> Bucky and Ray Bob. They were always saying each other's names. Hey, Bucky, we, we got to get out of here, Bucky. The police are coming, Bucky. <laughs> I got you, Ray Bob. Don't worry. It's just so weird. We carry on, Max. Of course, there's that scene where um, the guy, the topless guy, gets back from having sex with the woman in the other room and, like, he, he walks into the room they're still watching porn and he's like oh she sucked me dry I'm like what <laughs> so weird <laughs> I get it it's vampires okay the film uh, I, I don't know this film was shit yeah it's not good the, the last like the fight sequence lasted it felt like it lasted for half an hour do you think, think it did <laughs> Yeah. Do you think so? There was definitely improvement on the camera work with like certain shots. Certain shots. Um, well, I, I think it was just improved upon just by doing that. The set location, I'd say, was terrible because it did not have anything to do with yeah. the two other films in the trilogy. The bar looks completely different. Yeah. You yeah. just couldn't get that yeah. same set. I understand, yeah. It's like, the bar in the first film is massive. Like, it has a huge scope. But in this film, it literally just looks like a small, normal bar that you just go yeah. to anywhere. Because the third one, it looks a lot different, which is understandable because the third one is a prequel. Yeah. This one directly references the Gecko Brothers because, spoiler alert, the sheriff who was killed at the beginning of the first one by Richie is, like, his son or something is in the second one. Yeah. Um. So it's set after the first one. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, the whole standoff the 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 second half of the movie just where they all five of the, the like vampires walk outside of the um bank and all the cops are turned around facing the billboard and then they turn back and they're like oh shit they're all standing there with guns mm-hmm. they're like don't worry guys we've got these vampires on the run the sun's out it's on our side and then just suddenly an eclipse happens <laughs> and, and like, oh we can go outside now and it stays there yeah so it, like quickly moves in front of the moon stays there for like 20 minutes and then quickly moves away <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> that shootout was lame yeah it sucked it, it was, was like half an hour of the same shit that we saw in like the first movie and then but the first repeated. one did it better yeah 
all the effect work is really bad, especially mm. the CGI, which is laughably bad. Especially yeah. any shot where you see like a bat flying. It literally looks yeah. like they've taken a still picture of a bat and just like moved it around. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> some YouTube <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, God. So we can safely say this movie was terrible. Don't watch the second yeah. one. Yeah. Don't watch any of the sequels. <laughs> yeah. no, Is there what, what notice have you got for the um, second one then? That's like basically it. There's more needless exposition for people we absolutely have to know the backstories of. Like even though the characters like just aren't a thing. Yeah, no. I never. I don't understand why. So they 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 they're doing this bank robbery, and there's one. There's two people that are a, a vampires at this point. So there's five in total. Two of them are vampires carrying out this bank robbery, and I was like, oh, they're doing it. So they can infect the other three. Yeah. They infect another one, but then there's two of the vampires breaking into the bank and there's no humans around. They're in another room. Ray, Bob and Bucky. And I'm like, why are they continuing with with robbing the bank? There's three of them. They are superhuman now. They can easily overpower the other two humans. Why are they just robbing this bank still? Vampires still need money. And then it just... But it never leads anywhere. They don't leave the the bank with the money or anything like that. They just... That's because the police arrive. They don't have time. They can turn into bats and fly away. Yeah, but that would um, mean that there's no final action scene. Well, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, we need that final action scene. In in this trilogy, there are are a lot of loose ends. I would say the third one has the least amount of loose ends unexplained. none of it makes any sense. (laughs) Exactly. The whole movie is a loose end. But there's just so many plot points in the first and second movie that aren't explained or explored upon. And it's just so weird. Yep. Max, (laughs) how many bats are you giving this one? This one's going to be... Three out of ten for me. So one and a half out of five. I'd say one out of five. I'd give it a one. I'd give it a bat out of five. Okay, nice. It's a very poor movie. It's not good. We've also chosen, especially during the time period we're in now, the worst possible ranking system: bats. Yeah. Do you know why, Max? I know why. Why? Don't don't assume that I don't know. Someone in Wuhan. Yes, I know about Wuhan. And now we all have to stay inside. Believe me, I know a lot about Wuhan. Okay. My friend. I know about the bats. My friend ordered a car part, and um, (laughs) he ordered a car part from China, and we're talking about in the gym. And he went, "Yes, being shit from Wuhan." And I went, "What?" He went, "Yeah." I was like, "Do you understand what Wuhan is?" And he went, "What?" Went. Where's someone at a bat? It's like the epicenter of this fucking pandemic. He went, I'll just disinfect it before I open it. And then when I saw him the next day, he was like, I forgot to disinfect it. Isn't Wuhan that rap band, Wuhan clan? No, that's the Wu-Tang clan. Wuhan clan. (laughs) They ain't nothing to fuck with. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever remember the the rapper Chinx? No. (laughs) There's a rapper called Chinx. Okay. <laughs> I watched an Eleanor O'Neill video about um, his murder and like them solving the crime. And yeah, he was called Chinks. Good for him. But okay. when people started saying it was racist, he made an acronym for it. Right. Imagine if he like the acronym was even more racist. <laughs> <laughs> From Dust Till Dawn 3. 
the, the hangman's, hangman's daughter, daughter. <laughs> from the same year. Jinx, padlock, you owe me a 3D. Yeah. <laughs> from the same year as yeah, the it came out movie. the exact same year as the second one. Yeah. Directed by some guy called PJ Pesh or something. Pesh mode. PJ Pesh mode. Yeah. Uh, Robert Rodriguez comes back again to write the screenplay. How about I that? thought Quentin Tarantino wrote these movies. No, was it just the first just one? First one. first one. Well, the first one was a lot better than the other two, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this one is one where I think we clocked immediately that it was very inspired by old Western movies. like um, Very like Western-based. Spaghetti Westerns by uh, Sergio Leone and just a lot of other Western movies from that time. Back to the Future 3. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's the way that Chris said that and just stared at Max to get a reaction. I've never seen it. Well, Back to the Future 3. Yeah, I've never I've seen, never any, seen of any of them. The third no. one's a Western. Oh. There's oh, the next oh, trilogy oh, sword, boys. So it opens up. It's extremely orange because we're in the West and the West is orange, I guess. Oh, yeah. The the movie's colour grading was just... It was, more, it was worse than what it was in Piano. Okay. Yeah, it was. <laughs> okay, yeah. At least in piano, they did it for a reason. They didn't yeah. do it well, but they did it for a reason. This was just like, yeah, chuck an orange filter over everything. Even the people. They wanted to make it look hot. They just went too yeah. far. Hot? They, they When it's hot, it's orange. Didn't you see, um, what do you call it? Never been outside when it's sunny. Uh, California. San Fran. It's really hot there. They turned orange. That's because all the trees. Is that what? Is that what? <laughs> is that what you were alluding to, Matt? <laughs> yeah. So maybe that was what was happening. All the trees were on fire. <laughs> yeah, from California, <laughs> spreading over to the Hollywood soundstage that they were working on. <laughs> they didn't actually color grade the movie at all. They just set a bunch of trees on fire in the area. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a very useful technique in the future. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like, that's where Donald Trump came from because he was so he's so orange. <laughs> no. I was not. Anyway, do you want to... What you... happens in this movie? So... I have less of a clue what happens in this film. Than so it starts off with this guy is going to be ha- hanged. It's the Quran- hung. Quran- no, it's hanged. It's hanged. Yeah, it's not hung. Okay. Um, so this guy's about to be hanged for... Being an outlaw, the a legendary outlaw, for being a G, um, and he is saved by this little little girl, which I said was a little girl, and then was like, no, it's a little boy. It is, it is a little girl. Yep. So he is saved by this girl, um, and then what does she do. She shoots as he's being hut hanged. She shoots the rope, and he breaks free, and he's like yes. got like knives in his feet, which come back later. In, well, in the, his shoes. Um, before all this, though, he is whipped. By the hangman, and then the hangman whips his daughter when she turns up, and he says, "You're supposed to be at home." And she went, "I want to see this." So he goes, "Bring her here," and then starts whipping her. Yeah, didn't really make much sense. All about, well, maybe it's not him trying to get her back, maybe, or her running away from him. I don't know. I don't know. Really, don't know. But um, so this guy's about to be hanged. He's set free. Then there's like a 10 minute action scene of them escaping, but they're just running in circles. To be fair to the movie, I, d- I didn't mind it. 
like that part yeah, like, that a, like right. a slow-mo shot of him running running away and like explosions going off behind him i thought that was like interesting i quite liked it for a film that is like a direct to video sequel like that bit was decent like yeah. you could tell a lot of care and money had been put into that bit just yeah. the rest of it they didn't put anything in. and then he this guy who's escaped takes the hangman's daughter um, and they flee to the Titty Twister. Eventually they get there. Um, but then there's side characters, a husband and wife that are very religious, that have been married for a week with another guy. Um, and they are robbed by the escaped guy and all of his bandit friends. Um, and then they also end up at the Titty Twister. Yeah. Uh, this, this guy finds the girl who helped him escape and she went i want i want to be like you i want to be a legendary outlaw and then she just spends five minutes berating this guy and then he just mm-hmm. has enough and hangs her or he tries to yep and then she is hanged for she about hanged. 10 minutes mm-hmm. and then she is freed and still alive yep that's how it works <laughs> and she ends up with a titty twister um yeah, everyone goes to the And then they twister. all end up at the T Twister. Even the hangman ends up at the T Twister. And essentially what happens is It looks different the, from all the other times that it it's does, been seen in this mo- these could, movies. Um the the hangman's daughter is the granddaughter of like an ancient vampire that needs her blood and her body to be resurrected, which she successfully does, and then is left in the T Twister to not die because vampires are immortal i guess um and like max said when the hangman shows up he tries to save his daughter and it just doesn't work here's the thing he's a hangman right and he wears a mask like hangmen do and um well like they used to i suppose and the point of this mask is yeah, now, to obscure their now they're identity. just presidents yeah man now he's getting political donald trump's hanging america so, yeah, the purpose of a mask for a hangman is to to shield his identity. But he just takes it off in full view of the public because he's hanging this man. It's just like, you, you're my daughter. <laughs> like, even what? before he does that, you can literally see the entirety of his face through this mask because yeah. it only takes up, like, his forehead, a little bit around his cheeks. That's it. Guys, do you not realise they didn't outsource this movie? So they don't know what, what, what the actual laws are. Probably. They don't know anything about the western times all they know is what they've seen from western movies right we've what uh, i've got an idea let's make a western what experience do you have i've watched back to the future free <laughs> at least four times uh, saw the dollars trilogy once and like every every instance that i could pick up on of like um a parody parodic element um like in there's a lot for the good the bad and the ugly like when they're hanging the girl and she's like standing on like a post or whatever that's straight out of the good the bad and the ugly when the girl shoots the rope and frees the guy from hanging that's straight out of the good but the I bad think, and the ugly I think that's in like if, if ever you're going to escape in a western movie it's usually shoot the rope but that's like it's fine to do parody like that but there's there's nothing they added to it and I didn't really find it very interesting this movie was diabolical in what way Yes. Every way. <laughs> In every way. Well. Mm-hmm. Was just shit, wasn't it? Again, the script was shit. 
The yeah. acting was bad. I can't, again, for the life of me, remember any characters' names. Um, I wasn't emotionally invested in any of these characters. There was the Hangman. The Hangman. I, uh, that wasn't his name, though, was yeah, it? it? was. That was his role. No, that's I, w- his name. I wouldn't call you Sales Associate, would I? That's not your name. Maybe his surname's Hangman and his Ooh, mum his called him first- Nur. <laughs> <laughs> And, and his, daughter's, his, daughter's, his daughter's last name is Daughter. And her, she's <laughs> got the first, same first and second name. <laughs> and of course, there's more uh, vampires in this that we get to when we see the titty twister. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of new. Like in the second one, there's no nudity. Well, there, no, there's a little bit um, when the mm. Mexicans banging the girl. Um, this, they sort of up that. Yeah, to like sort of match the first one. Um, Even I'm, more so, I would say. Yeah, because there's literally like rooms upon rooms of just people getting. It's basically a brothel. Yeah, yeah. yeah essentially, yeah. Um, and Danny Trejo's there again, of course. He's always, he, of course, he has to be. There. Never explains how he survived, like when he died in the first one, how he survived to be in the second one. Well, that's the thing. I, when I was watching it, I think he's linked at all in any way. Well, I think the only maybe two they are, but like are they, 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 they well, take place in the same time. The line? only thing that links them is, I'd say, Danny Trejo's character and the Titty Twister, but in the second one, it's so irrelevant. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if Danny Trejo is playing the same character or if it's three different people that look identical yeah, to each other. because the sheriff plays a different... The sheriff from the first movie plays a different character in the second one, doesn't he? Third one. Third one, sorry. So He's not, barely in it as well. Yes, yeah, so they're not opposed to using the same actor for a different role. It's a bit like American Horror Story. It's a bit like the Dollars trilogy, the way they did that. Clint Eastwood plays but a different character every time. Oh, does he? But yeah, it's like a different, different oh, a bit story, like the Cornetto trilogy, really. You'd say, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, except uh, better, perhaps. No, I'd say the Cornetto trilogy is a pretty good Western trilogy. Yeah, but so is From Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> there's a there's a shootout in um, Hot Fuzz. There's a shootout here. Yeah, if you stick an orange, if you stick the take the orange filter from the third Dust Till Dawn, put it on Hot Fuzz. You've basically got the same movie, just better acting and better writing. Mm. Of course, when the hangman's daughter gets to the titty twister, like the um, the owner of the titty twister comes to her immediately, and she's a vampire. She's like, "Oh, you poor girl, you've been whipped." I can see, and she like shows shows her her back, and she starts she, licking yeah, the wounds. Yeah, just randomly licks her back. Like, What's going on here? There's yeah. there's like two other characters like who are married, like John and Mary. I think their name. John were. and Mary. Yeah. What, what was their deal? Uh, they about? Probably just for the body counts. Probably. And then John tries to fuck Mary, and she's like, "No, I and he's cannot like, marry a. M- I cannot marry a uh, man. Fuck with- a married man, but we're married. No, no, she doesn't say that. She says, no, I, I, know. I, "I don't, I, I don't, I don't want this to be your sole. I hope this wasn't your sole intention of marrying me." Yeah. And he says, "No, but we've been married a week." <laughs> it's like, all right. Calm down. He has a fair point. They've been married a week. It's a long time. No, 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 no. He's too. Keen. Hold up. She can. She can put out whenever she wants. Chris. Nah, man. She's his property now. What you're That's saying. What you're saying is the correct definition of toxic masculinity. <laughs> not what you fucking said earlier. It's just the way it was back in the day. <laughs> <sighs> and then, then some random black guy comes to like shows up in this movie. Comes to the bar with a very weird yeah, accent. Salesman. Gets a free drink and then tries to sell him a brush. <laughs> and he goes. I got no no money to my name. I ain't got a damn to my name. Where did he go? 
died. He died, yeah. He became a vampire. Yeah, like, he, he ended up dancing with Mary. Yeah. I have no There's, there's a really weird scene when... So, like, when John goes to fuck Mary and she's like, no, he goes out to get some water and ends up, like going into the, the a room with the, the owner who then turns him into a uh, vampire. Yeah, he like sees into one of these rooms in the brothel where people are having sex and he's like, oh. And he goes that. in there for some reason. Yeah. And then gets turned into a vampire. And no, he doesn't uh, get turned into a vampire. Yeah, he does. Does he? Yeah. No, because at the end... Mary turns into a vampire oh. and John's like no Mary he does in the end and then she's like behind like some like cage or like a gate yeah. and then she shoots her intestines out of her stomach out of her out of her belly and then strangles John with them <laughs> but he does get infected he's not infected at that point then but he's definitely fucked the yeah. queen vampire and then Mary comes out into the room to find him and then it goes black and white and then the black guy who's in now, uh, not I keep saying a zombie, who's a vampire. Just there's like a, a two minute scene of them dancing together, and it's just so weird. And then the guy with a fanny on his face just pops up. What? A fanny on his face? Yeah, the weird flaps that you're on about. Honestly, there's just so much going on in this movie. So many intricate details. I just can't remember them. None all. of them go anywhere. <laughs> There's like there's obviously another vampire battle at the Titty Twister, and I don't know about you guys, but while I was watching that, I was feeling like kind of nauseous because like it was just so much happening at one time. What I will say though is, unlike the second movie, they figure out the trick of defeating these vampires, where it's basically hold any two items in the formation of not just a cross but an X. Yeah. The only time that pops up in the second one is when he shuts the ambulance door behind him and it fucks the, the vampire yeah. up. So basically... It happens one more time in the second one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, T-1000 does it at one point. So basically point. In, the, in the first one, Harvey Keitel's character holds a stick through the um, trigger of a shotgun in the form of a, a cross and all the vampires like back away. So he shoots them and then reloads it with the cross and that gave me very Evil Dead vibes yeah it was very easy to kill these vampires i think they're saying the second one my one one of my concerns was like how are they this guy just ripped the heart out of a vampire with his bare hand how can he do that and then like later they're like uh, these vampires have a very soft skin oh okay yeah well that was in the first one when you were like how are they impaling yeah. them with blunt objects and one of them says like they've got really flimsy skin yeah. essentially against so it's like, like the why do we care why yeah. do we care about any of these like they should just be able to defeat them easily, just like that, man. Because like their flesh is just like dough, basically. Yeah. Why? Why are we scared of these vampires? I have pretty much the same big problem with this as I have as the first one, where I think the first half is better than the second half because they're basically two. I think the first half is movies. boring shit. The first half still isn't good, but it's better than the second half. But the whole thing is shit. The second half I found particularly really boring and dull. I had like sensory overload when the vampires were fighting. Yeah. Like, oh. There was just too much going on. Yeah. Somehow I was still really bored. <laughs> These are boring movies. I'm just going to say it. They are boring. <laughs> they are very boring. Oh, dear. Although I would say this trilogy was better than the Alien trilogy that we watched. Not the... Um, Ridley Scott the, Alien you know, Trilogy the Alien movies that we picked yeah, yeah yeah sure well the music video that Chris picked 
It's a good one. <laughs> so, I don't have anything else to say about this movie other no, than... No, I really don't, it, except uh, for one quote. I would not give two anal expulsions. <laughs> Is that from the that's, second or third one? That's the third one. It's the only quote I got noted down because <laughs> it really stood out to me. The only reason I slightly prefer this film is because of that um, big western battle scene. Yeah. Well, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I do prefer this over the second one, but yeah. not by much. I prefer the second one. Nice. They're both shit. Uh, <laughs> they they really are. are. They're not good. <laughs> they really are. And I'm giving this one three bats out of ten. It's the same as the, the second. Um, I'd give this maybe one and a half. No, I don't know. I'd give this either one or one and a half. I'd give this half a bat out of five. <laughs> this fair. movie was fucking awful. It was yeah. so bad. I can't even argue. It's not a good film. No. Oh I like the enthusiasm today, guys. Yeah, those movies have drained us. They've sucked <laughs> us. They've done. We the started suck off. They've sucked us dry. We started off very happy. Chris just got more and more depressed as we started talking about the other movies and Max realised after halfway talking about the first one that we're going to have to touch on the second two eventually yeah. Oh God. yeah every time I look over at Max there's just like another tear rolling down his face <laughs> well <laughs> these movies were shit we got to get past the shit to get to the gold which Beyond. brings us on to the next movie marathon now as we said in episode one we're the last weekend or the last yeah the last weekend of every month we're going to turn into the 50p bargain buy so if you don't know we're not very um uh savvy with our schedules so it's just going to probably be next once every four episodes yeah yeah Yeah, once every yeah so for us it's yeah the last day of the month but when the episode goes up it'll be like the second week of no first week of november no, first week's when this will be up. No, this is no, this is going up this Sunday. Yeah, first of November. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, makes sense. But anyway, yeah, well, it, we watch uh, basically the rules of it are we all pick a movie that none of us have ever seen and it has to be fifty p or below. Um and that's it. That's the only rule. We've had a few of these sometimes. We've had one. Yeah. Have we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm, th- I'm counting like the alien one because it was like so shit. No, that's just someone's rule was like, oh, a movie no one's yeah. seen before. No, Max. So, yeah. So, um, so yeah, the next episode is going to be us reviewing three random movies that none of us have ever seen for 50p or less. Now, this can be 50p from anywhere. 50p from eBay, CEX. Because if we go into CEX again... We're not really going to find much. They have a large 50p section. Mm, yeah, I'm just going to go on eBay and see what movies they've got for 50p. Sure. Fair just enough. put a filter on. And I'm going to be like, let's see what we get. Because you never know. You may find some more fucking weird stuff. Could also go to some charity shop. They always have like 50p. Yeah, shows. we could do. We could do. Uh, I hope Bridget Jones' diary is at 50p. <laughs> oh, if only. Have any of you seen it? No. Neither have I. I've seen like, some of it. You no, know, I've never seen a Mamma Mia film, so I may pick that. <laughs> well, I've seen a Mamma Mia film. I have Mamma Mia on DVD, even. How about that? I don't. 
good it's movies. Stay that way. <laughs> good movies. So yeah, Max, you can outro this then. Are we doing the uh, question? Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. So take it away, Chris. Um, this was our friend Reed's idea for us to talk about films with ambiguous endings. Yeah. Nice. So, what film? Are we just going to pick one film that we're going to talk about? Yeah, we'll keep it brief. Cool. Uh, Lighthouse. Yeah, for sure. Was he dead the whole time? On his login ranch, Spoilers wherever the fuck for that he was. By the way, or did the events of the movie actually happen? Yeah, yeah. It would. I don't know. Well, fucking hell, That's... come on. A bit more enthusiasm, <laughs> um... guys. No one's going to listen to this. I think well, obviously what... we're doing spoilers for The Lighthouse. Robert Pattinson at the end. <laughs> this way, Chris, like, um, I don't want to talk about The Lighthouse. Just... No? Well, we're doing it anyway. Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> he falls off. Lighthouse. He falls out of it. And the birds are pecking at his gullet. At his yeah, so the end of the body. film. So throughout the film... There's some scenes where it's alluded to that Robert Patterson may actually be dead already um, because he talks about his uh, previous job, doesn't he, about working like, in logging and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, there's like, is it a picture or a scene where it's just like his body there or something? Yeah, so he yeah. falls, he, he he sees the light and he goes crazy and he falls down the stairs and then like he's just on the rocks. Let's pick it up, Max. Bit more enthusiasm, mate. Fuck you. <laughs> He's on the rocks and the bird, the seagulls are pecking out his intestines and he's, he's dead. Yeah. So the the question is, what the hell happened? Yeah, was he dead the whole time? I think for me, there's two things that they leave very ambiguously in that film. It's whether um, it's Robert Pattinson actually going insane or whether Willem Dafoe is basically gaslighting him and making him think that he's going insane. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And the other one is, what is the light? What does he see? It's never explained, is it? Because the no. the um, Will- William Defoe's character like spends. He's the only one that does like deals with the light, isn't he? So he spends a lot of time up there. So is it just a? Yeah, and he doesn't let Robert Pattinson no. go up. So is it just a sort of a, should we say, a placebo? Where it's been built up to be maybe something supernatural. And when he sees it, eh, his mind just breaks. Did Defoe's character kill the predecessor? I was going to say, did Willem Defoe like hype it up intentionally so when Robert Pattinson finally sees it, it turns out it's actually nothing. It's just a light. Yeah, that fucks with his head. But yeah, the the, the movie's just has such an ambiguous ending. You you yeah, there's a few questions that aren't answered. Yeah. He turns into the green goblin and he flies away. <laughs> What's but another that's... film with an ambiguous ending, do you reckon? Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, the first one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of ambiguous. You know what? Me Every, Connor saw that recently. Like, the majority of those films, I always think... Like, it's the same thing with um, Friday the 13th. I know there's sequels, but, like, at the end of, like, let's say, Friday 2 and, ha- like, and Nightmare on Elm Street 1, Nightmare 1, you think Freddy's dead... No, he k- kills the mum, comes back. In Halloween Part 2, you think Jason's dead. No, he jumps out of the boat and comes back. Did he actually kill the girl that was on the boat? 
What, on Friday the 13th? Yeah. No, because she Oh, goes, no, she survives, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. no, it was said, wasn't it? It was fucking part of her dream. Yeah, and then she... Duh. And then he kills her in the second film, right at the beginning. Spoiler alert. Like Jamie Lee Curtis on one of the Halloween movies. Yeah. After H2O, wasn't it? Yeah, Resurrection, where she mm. dies in, like, the first minute of the yeah. film. And then it's just... A black guy just starts beating up Michael Myers. <laughs> Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Any other movies with ambiguous endings, Max? Ooh... Um, the piano, the piano. That's not ambiguous. It should kind have been, of. but it's not. Um, I would say I don't know if Connor's seen it. Um, the lobster. It's like, I've seen yeah. Lobster Boy. Yeah, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Lobster Boy was a criminal case that Eleanor Neal covered on one of her videos about a murder. The Lobster's a weird film. Yeah, as are a lot of um. His movies, yeah, your ghost lamp for most. What do we think of films having an ambiguous ending, like where there's not really a, an answer? It depends how it's it, done. Yeah, well, say if it's done in the context of you've watched a movie, you like it, it has an ambiguous ending. Would you have preferred a a rap, like everything to be explained and nothing well, the to main be left character unanswered? Just starts rapping. No. <laughs> Would you rather prefer everything to be answered at the end and have no food for thought after? Or do you like films that have uh, an ending where, like we said with the piano, where if they ended it when the piano was dropped to the, the bottom of the ocean, it's ambiguous because you can interpret it as whatever you want. I'm more sort of drawn towards movies that have like a deeper meaning, I guess. Um, but there, there are some movies that just... They go, oh, and imagine what could have happened there. But it's like, well, it, I don't really care. Like, well, I'm not like um, we saw Nightmare on Elm Street recently, and I yeah. saw it for the first time. And like the ending, I was just like, all right, that happened. Yeah, and that's why I said a movie you like. Yeah, a movie I like uh, that has no, 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 not a movie you like that has an ambit. If you watched a movie like, and liked it, yeah, it really. Would you have preferred it with an ambiguous ending or not? It depends on the movie. Fair yeah, enough. depends on the context fair and enough, stuff. Fair enough. Like pretty much all of David Lynch's movies, the entire thing's ambiguous, but it works yeah. well in his films because you're supposed it's... to be confused and have to break everything down to really understand what the meaning is. Yeah. Some of them, some of them, I just think David Lynch just goes, eh, whatever, and he just throws some shit yeah. at the screen, yeah. <laughs> like in Land Empire, like, yeah, where it's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, in Land Empire, Chris really wanted me to watch that. Um, recently so he gave me his DVD and I watched it and I really like David Lynch as a filmmaker but I watched this and I was like oh this is bullshit it's like three <laughs> hours long it's three hours long and it sucks yeah. it's so I shit I enjoyed it but it's like his most like it's not accessible shit insane unaccessible um, I say egotistical film absolutely do you think sometimes um, directors use an ambiguous ending as like a lazy um, Absolutely. technique because they haven't figured the end of a film yet yeah yes. they're usually the bad ones but I think David Lynch does that sometimes as well what do you choose just like uh, just oh, I can't explain ever. the ending let's yeah. just leave it here I won't spoil the ending of either season 2 or 3 of Twin Peaks but mm. both of Batman them Batman dies both of the endings of those are like so like they don't explain anything it's just so like so sudden and very ambiguous, but I think it works well because you're just like, what? What the fuck just happened? And you have to think about it. 
Yeah. Some movies are just better when they're more cut and dry, like I think of something yeah. like... I think Ratatouille um, is my favourite movie with, with an ambiguous ending. Does he become a Michelin star chef or does he stick to his family-owned restaurant? These are the questions that Who keep knows? us does, up at night. Does he sell out, work with Gordon Ramsay? Was Remy real or was that chef just insane? Who knows? Who knows? We are plagued by these questions daily. <laughs> yep. Anyway, that's anyway. episode three of the Sunday movie Marathon. Recorded on a Tuesday, watched on a Friday. Yeah. Well, we can't really help that, unfortunately, anymore. Eventually, we'll get to watching them Sundays. But at least they're released Sundays, though. Yes. That's the only consistent Recorded thing. Recorded in uh, CM Fitness Mansion. Yes. Thank you for housing us in this great abode. And thank you, dear listener, for listening. And tune in next time, episode four. <laughs> Does Bane want to say Hopefully anything? Hopefully next week. Hopefully next Does week. Does Bane, where's Bane? Tune in next week for episode four, the 50p movie marathon. Oh shit, where did he come from? We'll see. <laughs> Shut up. It's been hiding underneath his chair. I've been in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bane. What Can you it? eat my pussy? <laughs> Don't you dare use that foul language with me, little boy. <laughs> we are midget pussy. We are bird pussy. We are Chris's pussy. He'd have to take off the mask, which he can't do. That's true. <laughs> Tune in next week. That's a week film with an ambiguous ending. <laughs> Tune in next the week for porno. the Bane Will it Pussy happen? podcast. <laughs>